0: Jesus is on his way out the door, and a man runs up to him. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus rattles off some commandments. The guy says, check to those. been keeping my nose clean since I was a kid. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, He went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. In the name of Jesus, amen. You know, I think there was actually a long line, a long line of folks running up to Jesus as he's heading out the door. They all said pretty much the same thing. Good teacher, inherit eternal life. Jesus rattles off the commandments, nose clean since way back. And Jesus looked at the next one in line and said, Cancel your Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook accounts, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But she went away sorrowful, for she was social media royalty and had 30,000 followers. And then to the next one in the long line, he said, Cancel your gem membership, and you'll have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. But he went away sorrowful, because he was so cut Everyone could see his six-pack abs through his super tight T-shirt. And to the next one in line, uh, he said, go buy an SUV and throw away all your reusable water bottles and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. And that one went away disheartened because her carbon print footprint was so small it was a handprint. And It was very important to her that everyone knew how environmentally conscious she was. To another, resign your position in the PTA, and she went away sad because she felt that was the only thing that gave her purpose. To another, take down all those degrees from your wall and quit your position as the head of the department. And you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. And he went away disheartened and sorrowful. Because how else would everyone know that he was the smartest guy in the room? And we could go on describing all the people in that long line. And Jesus confronting them, forcing them to come to grips with what? With all the roles or things they think they need. That they can hardly imagine being without the one thing or role you hold on to with a death grip because it scares you to death. You think what it would be to be you without that thing? I say you, because showing up here this morning to hear this story from Mark 10 means Jesus confronting each of us and asking what it would mean to give up the one thing you can't imagine being without. Now, of course, it's not just by chance. That the one person in that long line whose conversation actually gets recorded is a guy who can't imagine being himself without his stuff. That one gets ink because that's the one that gets to all of us. At least I think that's the reason. At least it gets to a greedy son of a gun like me who likes his stuff. Who at least likes knowing that when it comes to having stuff, I'm at least in the same ballpark. Class is the word we use in terms of stuff it's most of the people around me at least i care about i like being the kind of person who gets asked for stuff than being the kind of person who has to ask for stuff for going to charity auctions instead of being the kind of person who gets the benefits from them comes no surprise to any of us that in that board game the game of life it's not who has the most friends or the most blue and pink pegs in their car or whoever has hosted the most non-family members at their house for dinner in the last year three things which by the way that unlike wealth have been proven over and over again to actually increase happiness friends family and hospitality it strikes none of us that it's none of those things that marks the winner of that game but what whoever's got the most cash when they make it into millionaire estates And because that makes sense to us, we don't revolt at the game. It makes sense to us that the one guy that gets mentioned is the guy who simply cannot imagine being the same guy without his possessions. A word translated disheartened sometimes means something like shocked. He went away shocked. Whoa, 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 Jesus. Hey, hey! anything but our stuff. But it could be anything. The thing that makes you, you. At least the thing that's very important, way too important, is the point here. Way too important to you that other people see as the thing that makes you, you. And it could even be something objectively good. You know, wealth is kind of just neutral, I suppose. It could be something objectively pretty good, like health the caring, the environment, being smart. Heck, it could even be your holiness and goodness that Jesus asks you to give away. An example of that, um, Leo Tolstoy, the great author, um, he wrote big books like War and Peace, one which I don't have the attention span to get through, but he also wrote a bunch of short stories, which are more uh, to my liking, and one of his his best known, uh, called Father Sergius. Uh, Father Sergius is the story about this this man uh, starts off with him as a young man uh, Prince Stefan Kosatsky who's kind of an up and comer in the cultured class he's a wunderkind military officer um, dashing in appearance and intelligence and all that everyone knows he's going to be something Um, some things happen in his life the woman he's engaged to had an affair he ends up leaving all that his pride is stricken he becomes uh, a monk takes on the name Father Sergius. and not just a monk, but a hermit. He was a wonder king in his other life, and he even excels that as a, as a monk in, in holiness and piety. He becomes world-renowned for that. Uh, at one point, there's a, a, a woman, a beautiful woman who comes to him where he's in his, his hermitage, you know, eats just like a piece of bread a day, if that. She's going to seduce him. But, but, but Father Sergius, in order to overcome the temptation and chasten his flesh, he chops off his finger in front of her. Oh, what piety, what strength of, of character. And again, he becomes known for this. People from all over the, 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 the Russia come to see him and his piety and to hear his, his preaching miracles are done through him. Uh, masses of people uh, come to know Jesus through the grace and mercy that Father Sergius incarnate. But here's the thing, he really is beginning to uh, enjoy that attention. Being so good, being known for being the one who is so good. He, he is the holy man. Until one day, another woman comes to him, a young daughter of a merchant pretending to be sick, but who's not sick. She comes, she comes and she successfully seduces, now the older father sergius a man who should know better but she seduces him and here's the the twist in the story it is that fall that being seduced that is ultimately his salvation no longer able to be the holy man His holiness sold and given away. He's finally able to see beauty and humble, anonymous service. For the first time, be at peace, no longer stuck on himself, having to be impressive to anybody. He's unimpressive to everyone, especially to himself. And finally, he can spend his last days, the happiest years of his life, gardening and teaching the children of a peasant in Siberia. Hmm. Now, if that pre-seduced Father Sergius, so good Father Sergius if he'd been in that long line it might be kind of hard for us to imagine Jesus saying to him go Father, get seduced by a merchant's daughter and you will have treasure in heaven but if Jesus had said that Father Sergius would have gone away sorrowful why? because he couldn't imagine himself being anything other than the holy man it's hard for us To imagine that scene but maybe it's not so hard because I know some people and you probably do and in fact it's all of us at one point or another some people so stuck on themselves so sure of their goodness that the absolute best thing for their souls would be for them to go commit some big fat juicy sin the more embarrassing and public the better so as to disabuse them of the stupid notion that they're ever anything other than a broken sinner in need of a forgiving God who loves them no matter how big, fat, juicy, or public the sin loves them no matter what. Because that's the truth. It's the truth of what we all are. Broken and nevertheless not only nevertheless, but all the more loved. And it's the truth, I put a little star in my notes here, the truth of what all those things that become so very important to us, too important to us, blind us to. All those things that Jesus asked all those folks in that long line to give away, the possessions, the abs, the tick-tock, the degrees, the I'm the kind of guy who keeps his nose clean. Why did Jesus ask that those things be given away? Some sort of test? Jesus, a jealous boyfriend who just can't tolerate anyone giving any time or attention to anything but him? No. Why did Jesus ask that those things be given away? It's right there in the text. And Jesus looking at him. The better translation would be, and Jesus looking through him. (laughs) Peering into him. Loved him. He loved him. He loved him too much to allow him, to allow you, to allow me, to go on slogging through life under this burden that somehow the only way we can be ourselves, the only way we can count, the only way that we can elicit the attentions we so pitifully crave To have great possessions, to great abs, or great TikTok, or great degrees, or great families, or shining piety—stuff that can go away in a second—and stuff that is exhausting trying to keep shiny. Jesus loves us too much to let us go on slogging under that lie. One thing you lack. That's what our translation says. But again, a better one would be something like, one thing is holding you back. One thing leaves a hole in you. And the weird but true thing is, the thing that's holding you back is the thing that you think you most need, (laughs) that's most important to you. The one thing you think you most need, you don't. Get free to that, says Jesus, and you will have treasure in heaven. Which is not to say you'll have stuff in some far-off place if you give other stuff away now. This is not trading now sad and poor for riches and joy then, no treasures in heaven. That's kind of shorthand. That's shorthand for stuff that lasts right now. Stuff that you can count on, that never spoils, that you don't have to worry about running out or messing up or losing. Stuff, no, not stuff, precisely not stuff, but a strength, a tower, a joy, a life, a best and truest friend, who millionaire estates or homeless one pack or six pack, renowned saint or off seduced sinner. You'll have treasure. The priceless treasure Jesus. The priceless treasure Jesus, who so loved, who one day from the cross so loved that he sold his everything. He gave it all away for our poor, poor world. For that all of us who stand in that long line, repeatedly. (laughs) It's the way I see the story, by the way, that the rich guy, he went away sad, but I think he came back the next day. Again, drawn by Jesus' love, drawn back again and again and again, just like we do. There's no need for all that stuff. When you have the priceless treasure, Jesus, you'll be okay without it if the Lord takes it. You'll be okay without it when the Lord takes it, for it's all going eventually. We all die. There's no need for all that stuff when you have the priceless treasure, Jesus, forever. Amen.